Welcome to the Valerie King Show. I am your guest host, Valerie King, and I have to give you a forewarning already about this episode that we're about to have today that I don't know if I'm going to be able to hold it together. Like, this is real, you guys. I have to, like, this is forewarning. Uh, this might be a little different than other shows we've seen because this is going to be unreal. My guest today... <laughs> Has I can already hear him and I'm dying. Okay, <laughs> my, my guest is an actor, comedian. He's fabulous with improv. He's an entertainer. He's a filmmaker. And all right, just come out, come out, come out, come out. Austin Von Johnson, how are you today? Where are you? I'm doing so great. You can hear me, so maybe, glad. but uh, I can't see. I don't... You. <laughs> Okay, go? cool, cool. I just wanted to make sure that that was the thing. That's what was going on. Uh, oh, awesome. I think that Jeff face. is like messing today. I can hear him laughing at us. Um, <laughs> this is gonna, I can't wait that, for that this music, show. I can't even tell you. That, that intro music got me hyped. Like, so pumped. I, what did I, you I feel like? like I, I couldn't... I couldn't see you. I want to see the dance moves that you were doing behind the scenes when you thought you were alone. That oh, that, uh, was I not there? Because uh, yeah, they were. I, can you play that again, Jeff? Is that a is that a thing? Can just the original, not the one you just played. That's not that that wasn't the music, Jeff. That was it was the it was the walking down the runway in my heels music. No, that um, music actually is gone. I deleted it from the project because we found out it was wow. illegal and Facebook didn't like us. So now today Lame. we have the really happy music that sounds like this. Or we that, could that still play this one. There we go. I just need to make sure this? None, none of this all of these tracks. Anyway, all of these tracks are approved by Facebook. Facebook approved all of these tracks. Well, that one's dumb. But the one that we had before was like, ow, ow. It was kind of like Toho yeah, meets ow, ow, what? Ow, 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 ow. Like Toho meets what, Austin? I, I don't know. It, it, it reminded me of like of like 90s uh, club pop, like like EDM pop. Kind of well, the like, sad, uh, unfortunate news um, is we can't play it though because it's illegal. Yeah, it was well, a copyright violation. I could, imagine, I could, I could just imagine Austin like. Oh, I was. I mean, I had, I had these very like flowy like hands going like left and right. It was like, it was with, like, it was like Vogue, but not so like rigid. With glow sticks. Well, it could have been good. It could have been good. Oh, anyway, so welcome. Austin, thanks. I wrote in the in the um, the intro, kind of the to the show in the what the, the writing words that I that I do to promote this show. That for our first yeah. conversation that you and I ever had a sit down, and yeah. it, for we hadn't met each other, and we ended up chatting for about three hours. Um, because it's, I felt this energy with you and it's just this synergy of you, you exude like that really high intensity that tickles my funny bone, which is always turned on. I, my, my I'm funny an, bone I'm an intense is too tickler. close to the surface. 
And it was insane. I mean, just the back and the forth. And I felt like we were just like this for like three hours. And the only reason that we stopped was because I had to pee. And then the magic was broken. And I'm like, I guess I'd better get back to real life. And you're like, I guess, because I think my wife is going to have a baby in like 10 minutes. And I'm like, no, really? Anyway, and that did happen. And I want to talk about all of it. And yeah. so you are a somewhat new dad on top of this. We'll get you to the career in just a second. But talk about that. That's because fine. at the time, you were a little bit, you were like, ooh, this is going to be different. Yeah, it's a little different. Yeah. How's that been? Uh, it's been great. Um, he, uh, so uh, uh, our son Winter is almost a year old now. And and tell um, us about the name. Why, why Winter? Uh, why Winter? So, um uh, my wife and I have this thing going where uh, the usually the person that like cares more about the uh, the stuff gets to decide what happens. And um, she was she was a lot more opinionated about the name. Um, and so she compiled this list of names and I'm like, well, I mean, as long as the name sounds good, I don't care. That's cool. Um, and, uh, we did not find out, uh, the gender before, uh, baby was born. So we wanted to pick, um, uh, pick a name that would uh, work for either a boy or a girl. And so we had decided on, on winter. And then we had these two middle names picked out depending on whether it was a boy or a girl. Uh, and yeah, she was just like, you know what? You hear summers and autumns all the time. Why not winter? That's a cute, you know, like unisex name. Well, go with that. And I was like, yeah, yeah. Oh, winter. Oh, that's cool. And this is like Game of Thrones. Is so pop. Winter's coming. This is going to be great. Um, okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm into this. Okay, you know what's awesome? I don't even watch Game of Thrones, but I got that reference the second that I saw you like posted on social media, and I was like, "No way!" He did that. Yes, that's he right. Went there. That's like insanely perfect timing. I thought that was really funny. Anyway, yeah, because that's who you are. It worked. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm all like the last of, last of it, and then winter is coming, and then you're. It's almost like Pride Rock and the Lion King meets Game of Thrones, and you win. You win social media forever. <laughs> Thanks. I want a plaque. <laughs> I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna make something. All right. So congratulations. And now he's like almost a year old. And to me, I feel like yeah. he's probably three weeks old because this last year has me just too. flown by. Flown by. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, it's okay, uh, so it's tell weird to see him standing and walking and all the weird stuff. So yeah, and well, and it's probably kind of cool because this has been such a unusual year. And what you do for for a living and for fun. I love it that you get to combine what you love with how you you support your family. It's insanely like I feel like you're you're making it, man. You're making it. But I think that in being in a space where you are an entertainer and you're and you're usually doing live events and you're hosting things and you're out there just making people super happy and then all of a sudden the world closes down. Um, let's kind of talk a little bit about that, but let's talk about how you got into this space of being in entertainment in the first place and then, and then how it's evolved. We've got the time. So just kind of dive in and let's explore cool. a little bit. All right. Uh, so how I got into this space, um, I jokingly put in my bio, this true little bit about, um, I got into entertainment 
when I was a kid, um, uh, I was like eight or, oh, let's see, how old was I? I was probably about, was probably about nine, I think, uh, maybe eight. Yeah, I was about eight years old, and um, I would do Ace Ventura impersonations for my family um, because they would laugh at it. Um, and so that's that. That was my start to comedy and entertainment. Um, I I never actually thought that um, I would be able to make it a career. It was always something that was kind of in the back of my mind as something that I wanted to do. But I uh, once I got into you know my early twenties, um, my late teens or early twenties, whenever I started working, working, I was far too financially minded to like uh, take any kind of leap into doing this right like uh, th there's too much instability too much like uh, that 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 uh, wasn't a sure thing you know i was never the kind of guy that uh, that would be comfortable just packing everything that i own up into like a little like picnic blanket on a stick and heading off to la and hoping it works out you know so so I never pursued it until um, my wife and I moved up here about eight years ago, um, maybe nine years ago. And it was like, you know what, we have this massive uh, shift. You know, I got, I, I came from a, a ton of sales uh, uh, work and then um, we came up to Boise. I'm like, you know what, I'm gonna see, I'm gonna like kind of test the waters a little bit, see if I can find an agent uh, and that kind of thing. Cause at that time I had no idea where to get my start. And, um, you know, long story short from there, uh, basically I, I went up to this big, I went up to work this, uh, big gaming convention up in Seattle called PAX and, um, a con, a contact that I made there led to another thing, which led to another thing, which led to another thing, which ultimately became my acting and comedy career in Boise. So so it's yeah. like a, in a nutshell so that's people how people who happened. are listening now they're like okay it takes about five go through about five people to get to where i want to get to with my dream absolutely uh, well, you, and, you just and, laid it out there yeah. someone's gonna see that and I'm like, okay i have like five circles of influences to infiltrate and then i'm golden that's i mean that's, that's pretty I much it like about. like realistically <laughs> you know um no joke if 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 you want to be able to make a living doing what you love, uh, the first thing that you have to do is really step into the community of what you love. Make sure to be in that space, um, and then every single like bit of work that you get that's within that space, treat it like you're getting paid for it, regardless of whether or not you are. Um, take everything super super seriously, uh, and I guarantee you, somewhere someone in that community will notice it and that will lead to the next thing and then you treat that next thing the exact same way and somebody will notice it and that will lead to the next thing and so on and so forth like literally pax is a gaming convention a bunch of like um big uh, uh pc gamer uh game companies uh, you know console game companies they go and they set up their boots it has nothing to do well it has a little bit to do with acting but it doesn't have anything to do with acting like like no one no one would go to pax thinking i'm gonna start my acting career that's not how it works so so yeah that's yeah, how you tell do those guys like those thing. gamer guys they make millions by being on oh, camera sure. all the time and showing little kids how to play the games that they play and to do it at a really high level and and like my my boys love to watch that kind of stuff and and learn from these guys and so i i i'm now you've like i never thought about 
I have two cousins. That's a joke from SNL. <laughs> 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 <You're> like, <laughs> like, 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 now I thought, like, wait, I have two cousins. Like, so I, hey, I need uh, to brush my uh, teeth. Let's go. Oh, yeah. I'm just kidding. Anyway, but, but my point is, <laughs> my point is, is, is that, I mean, I never thought about that they might have coaches that to help them to be better at what they do. Because they are on camera all the time. They just live their lives there mm-hmm. doing what they love over and over again. And do they have elocution lessons? And do they have someone that teaches them about posture? Do they have someone that teaches them about eye contact yeah. and screen eye contact? And like, is that even a thing? Am I just making this up as I go along? Because I, this, this is like new to my brain and I'm just, it's coming out of my mouth as fast no, as it's going into my brain. Um, it sounds like you're business brainstorming is what you're doing. It sounds like you, you're like, wait a second, these guys might need some coaches. Like, I, I don't know. I feel like entrepreneurs naturally have that it's like is this a thing can i can i start this business um no uh well i, mean, well, I didn't think I of that say, i just I thought somebody like, probably already did and if they didn't they should right um well yes i mean it's a completely different animal um i i got into the whole pax thing because a good buddy of mine uh, from high school um, had shortly after high school started this company that eventually became this massive like management company for esports professionals. Um, it, it also became a, a staffing agency for for these types of events, and that and that's essentially that's the avenue that I went. Granted, I'm a huge gamer. I love PC games, and w- at one time in my life, like that was going to be some that was something that would be amazing. Like if I if I went into professional esports. You know, I was really good at StarCraft back in the day. I don't know if anybody plays. Um, but anyways, um, you know, that was something that I, that I wanted to explore. But, like, to be, like, more specific, that's not how my acting and comedy career got started. What happened was um, I was there. I was working as a PA. So I was basically running errands and making sure random stuff got taken care of. Um, I was, I was working for multiple like major gaming companies that had booths set up. And one of the other PAs happened to be from Boise. Um, she happened to be, uh, like, uh, she happened to be a cosplayer, and, uh, professionally and, and a streamer. Wait, wait, and what was her, what was her cosplay? What did she do? What was her thing? Uh, she has she has a great she she does uh, Chun Li she's freaking killer Chun Li like cosplay so cool um, but also uh, She Hulk um, she's pretty ripped wow but anyway um, yeah awesome. so so yeah she uh, uh, we connected we hung out quite a bit while we were there because we were all part of the same like PA like little community um, whenever we got back to Boise she she messaged me on Facebook was like hey um, do you do any modeling because I have this photographer friend that wants to do a geek calendar and I'm like uh, sure I'm a you can take pictures of me and then they'll probably turn out good um, and so uh, that that photographer was Mike Bryant um, and through Mike Bryant I got connected to Megan Bryant, who is um, a, a great friend. I mean, this is this is literally like five years ago. So through Megan Bryant, I started doing improv uh, in in Boise, um, and then. Uh, while this was happening, I also had um, I had signed up with an agency um, in Boise, and. Uh, that got me it got me an audition at this um, uh, on a. Uh, for the like the student film and in the student film there was somebody on the casting uh team that i ended up doing improv with with megan and then uh 
that got me connected to my first um, film that I did. Because, and then I eventually left the agency. And again, every single thing led to the next thing. And it all started with this super random, like, do you want to do a geek calendar? It has nothing to do with what I do now. Um, but through all of these things, every single thing would branch out to the next thing, whether it's a, another film, a commercial, um, a, an entertainment or hosting gig. Um, I, I got my stand-up uh, comedy career started when I did uh, Boise's Funniest Person competition, um, which is a wonderful stand-up, uh, amateur stand-up competition in Boise. And so, yeah, everything just kind of led to the next thing. And... Um, and I, I started to kind of have like my trifecta of acting, improv, and comedy build up so much that while I wasn't doing one thing, I could do, be doing one of the others. And it eventually became something that I was doing enough that I could do it full time. I... I'm like overwhelmed. I don't even know where to start. I'm like, I, I'm seriously, I'm like, I'm like dead air. You have to talk now. You have to talk now. But I, my brain is so full of, I don't even know where to start because I mean, number one, geek calendar. Why would you say yep. no? Like that to me is I know, like, right? that would be a highlight of my life. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. It's not like, well, and here's the thing. There were some killer shots from that thing, by the way, that I'm still proud of um to this day it was like oh that, yeah that, was like, that, looks, that looks neat it's cool like like the, they we did like a zombie apocalypse theme uh, that one looked really cool that was probably my favorite one was the zombie apocalypse theme that they did they did a star trek thing i'm not a big trekkie um um i'm more into the star wars uh and then anyway well, yeah it was yeah it was a blast trekkers, I, thought. I thought they were trekkers so obviously you're yeah that's a thing. Yeah. That's a thing. But I mean, Sorry. you're, you're Star Trek fans. about it. They already know. They already know. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, okay. So of all of those different components that you went through, um, can you pick a couple of your favorite moments? Kind of, I'd like to hear, I mean, you started with like the improv. Oh, improv man. is hard. Improv is hard. I think people can, people can be funny. Like, I, I understand how people's brains can be like, so like trigger funny, but then doing that in front of an audience and then mm. trying to turn off the judgment button inside of you and not even caring, you know, if they like it or if they don't like it. So tell me about how that landed with you to start. And if, were you just like a fish in water or was it something that you had to really kind of get your legs for? What do you think of that? You know, um, Whenever, when so the way I got started in improv was Megan called me up and was like, "Hey, um, I'm gonna. I used to have an improv troupe here in Boise. I'm gonna start it up again. Uh, we're gonna practice improv in my living room. Um, you seem like you'd be good at that. Would you want to join us?" And then I was like, "Yeah, I love improv because I did improv in high school. Anybody who's a theater kid um, has done some kind of like improv warm up and played improv games in high school theater because that's what you do. That's what you do to pass the time and and it's fun." Um, and so, yeah, it's funny that you say that because I think that improv, improv scares people quite a bit because uh, just, just by its nature, you're making stuff up on the spot. Um, you're, uh, you know, I think that people, when they conceptualize improv, they think of it as uh, you have to go up there and be funny, um, which which isn't really how it happens. Um, that, that might be how it looks from an audience standpoint, which is great because we need that as, as improvisers and performers, but um, that's not what you have to do um, from the improviser perspective. All you have to do is uh, go up there and react and be in the moment and be present. 
and and you let the funny come out. You know, I would actually say that of the um, of all of the performing arts that I've done, stand up is by far the most difficult, like hands down. Um, because with improv, with improv, you you exercise ahead of time, right? Like it's you you. you don't ever prepare for what you're going to do, but you can exercise your improviser muscles. So all those warm-ups that you do and, and, and the practicing with friends, you're literally exercising the ability to do anything at any time, like like in, in any moment. All you need is a suggestion. You can jump into a scene and and you do it. So inherently, you you don't you don't need to be worried about it. All you have to do is just like, yeah, exercise that muscle. And then you go out and you use that muscle for folks. And the wonderful thing about the improv audience compared to the stand-up audience is that they are so forgiving. Improv audiences know it's being made up on the spot, whether it's a conscious knowledge or a subconscious knowledge. And so stuff that's said on an improv stage, audiences will laugh at when there's no way they would laugh at that during a stand-up show, because stand-up is all prepared. You've, you've written your jokes ahead of time, you've practiced your jokes, you have planned the vast majority of everything you do. We're talking like 80 to 90%, unless you're like this super um, crowd work comic, right? And so, so audiences come in there a little bit more like, all right, make me laugh, funny guy, you know? And they don't have that attitude with improv, so. I totally think that's probably true though i've never done it before i imagine <laughs> i imagine like a stand-up person being in their mirror in their bathroom you know over and over and, and telling these story jokes these long you know long-ended jokes basically and then do they just look in the mirror and then tell themselves they're gonna think that's funny I just know they're going to think that's funny. Or do they have like their kids sit there and they practice on themselves? I, I just imagine like Jim Carrey you know, sitting in a mirror over and over making faces. I'm like teaching it. That has to be like muscle memory for him. And so I would imagine that I understand that stand up would be like a nail biter. Like that's hard. That's yeah. really hard. And my hat's off to you yeah, for that's going down that path. That's tough. It's, it was fun. Uh, you know, um, it was definitely, it's definitely scary. Um, and you're totally right about Jim Carrey. I mean, that's, that's how he did his whole faces, right? He, he, he looked in the mirror, he stared at himself and he developed the muscle, mem the muscle memory to know, you know, how to make his face do weird things. Um, and, and yeah, uh, and no, it, it, it's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, BFP really, Boise's Funniest Person, um, set me up really, really well because they, they kind of coach you along the way. And so they, they um, give you like this framework of, of how to write jokes and how to kind of like start your path to discovering what kind of comic you are because um, different things work for different comics. Um, and so I can't necessarily speak to, you know, um, you know, if you want to be a comic, this is what you have to do because it's... Uh, uh, all different comics have different, um, you know, ways that they write their jokes. But I can I can definitely say that for me, it was apps. It was a lot of like either in the mirror or more often than not recording. I would usually record myself, um, and then I'd watch the recording back, and I'd figure out where I cringe the hardest, and I'd fix those parts. Um, and so, uh, so yeah, and it was just you know, rehearsal after rehearsal with yourself, um, alone, working through the cringe stuff that you find by yourself. And then, um, you open mic it and you figure out where all the cringy parts that everybody else 
feels cringy at. And then you're like, okay, I need to fix this because I didn't catch that. And, and you won't because self-awareness is really, really hard. Um, and, and then you just practice it to the point where you can just freaking do it, you know? So tell me a little bit about some of the favorite projects that you've that you've worked on. I feel like because you've got your fingers in so many different pots and you're management wise, you're doing okay. And talk about some of the projects that you've had happen lately and some that you've got coming up and some that you want to have happen. What are some of your favorite things you like to work on? Oh, man. Um, so, I mean, definitely first thing that comes to mind, because it's one of the biggest ones that I've done recently, is uh, the Idaho Potato Drop. So, um, we, uh, I hosted and emceed that last year. I've never been to that. Out there. I'm, really, I'm really embarrassed that I've never been to that. I'm kind of sad. <laughs> That's okay. <clears throat> Tell me about that. Uh, what does that look like? And you can, oh, you can mock me, and that's okay, because I really think no, that that's something that every Idahoan should be at every year, but I've never well, been. So tell yeah, me what that looks I mean, like. It's, uh, well, it's it's a massive event. It's you know we've uh, they've they've made national news on on several occasions, um, and it's definitely oh, yeah, uh, it, 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 and there's yeah. awesome and fascinating and weird. Yeah, and so that's gonna make um, it absolutely. For, for, for anyone who doesn't know that's watching, the Idaho Potato Drop is, uh, is Boise's premier um, New Year's Eve event. Um, instead of dropping the giant ball, we drop potatoes. Uh, just one. It's just one giant one. It's, it's only one potato. Um, but, uh, you know, it was something that I, I had done. My, my first, like, step into it was uh, a couple years back, um, me, Megan Bryant, and... Um, uh, Sean Hancock of Recycled Minds Comedy. Um, on different occasions, we've we've put on events uh, or different like little little bits during the Idaho Potato Drop because it's it's a it's an all day thing. You know, they have bands come out. Um, they sometimes they have comedians. In our case, you know, several years back, you know, it was, it was we were comedians, um, and we would do we did lip sync battles, um, and it was super fun. So that that was like my first like step into it. Um, but yeah, I hosted it the whole thing the emceed it for the first time this past year and uh and it was a blast you know like i said it's it's an all-day event um we there's there's always live music and um they they have a ton of like local bands that are just really amazing um uh, last year cowboy junkies headlined it um and really and yeah and yep yeah, it was cool. It was really, really cool. On top of that, they have um, they had a snowboarding competition. They set up this giant like ramp, like snow ramp, in, in downtown Boise, out in front of the Capitol. And um, I, it's called the Urban Air, I think, uh, competition. And yeah, like uh, they had they had snowboard jump contests um, with big old prizes. And so it's and it's a totally free event. Like anybody. Anybody who shows up can watch the urban air. They can watch all the uh, stuff happen from the li- from the stage, you know. And so, yeah, it's super cool. I now I'm like really sad that I haven't been yet. That yeah, sounds you've amazing. Been out. I honestly, honestly, I feel like um, it's one of the reasons why I love Boise and downtown Boise area is there's always something going on down there. Music wise, the music scene here is amazing. I've been so sad this, this summer is usually, 
I love, I don't know why people leave Boise in the summertime. It's like perfect weather. Yeah. Um, they usually have a ton of music, live music festivals and, and all sorts of festivals. There's always a festival and whatever weekend, pick a weekend in Boise in the summertime and you're going to find something to do for fun. And in the wintertime, Absolutely. it sounds like they're kind of killing it as well, except that the whole climate has changed with social distancing and stuff like that. It's been so right. sad. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, I literally, I, I just had a meeting, I just had a meeting with Idaho Potato Drop folks um, yesterday and uh, they, uh, 20, uh, IPD 2021, I can't remember if it's 20 or 20, I think it's 2021 is what they, they do the following year. Anyways, it's on, uh, they're, they're working some stuff out uh, with the social distancing and making preparations, um, but uh, for, for any of your listeners that are uh, excited about um, having some kind of giant party to get rid of 2020. Uh, yeah, we're gonna have we're gonna have the Idaho potato drop um, in in whatever form we can do so safely. So it, it might be a will flush. Happen, um, It'll be a flush. Potato. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's flush gonna be some, it's, yeah big old. We're gonna have tons of uh, it's toilet themed. Um, lots of toilets. <laughs> Toilet paper. We're gonna toilet paper the trees. Yeah. That'll be toilet paper. Teenagers oh, yeah. everywhere from the nineties are gonna come in droves. City, city of Boise will love us. Um, <laughs> oh, that's but yeah. Amazing. So I mean, okay, that, so, yeah, that was one of my going, favorites, going, of sorry. course. Oh, yeah, it's it's good. Uh, you know. I, uh, th there are several films that I, I, I've been especially proud of. I, I think one of, one of my, one of my favorites is definitely Hero, um, which is a short film by the Garcia brothers. Um, and the Garcia brothers are these amazing filmmakers, um, in, uh, in the Boise area. And, uh, this was a film that, uh, we made, I want to say, uh, like three years ago. Um, it had a very, very successful, um, uh, uh, festival run uh, but you guys can uh, anybody watching can go watch that film uh, uh, on YouTube uh, Ice Cream Entertainment um, and uh, the film's called Hero and uh, yeah the Garcia Brothers they're, they are fabulous filmmakers they've um, this year this, things have been really taken off for them since Hero you know they kind of made Hero to, to be their, their business card that they you know show to people and say hey this is what we can do um and it's gotten them into some amazing doors. They've been doing pitches with Sony and Warner Brothers, and um, they have uh, a representation in LA now. Um, and so they're 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 on their way. Um, uh, I'm really excited for them, and they absolutely deserve it. They're incredible. So uh, that's another one of my favorite projects. Um, go check down Hero. Um, and then you know, as far as far as improv and standup goes. I gotta say, one of my favorite improv shows. Oh man, I got a lot. I got a lot. Uh, at the beginning of the year, we uh, I, I produced an improv show with the Nancy Boys. Uh, the Nancy Boys are this improv. They're this improv duo out of Portland, and um, they do improvised um, uh, Hardy Boys styled mysteries. So what they do is they get a suggestion from the audience. Um, I think it's two. They make up the title of the of the Hardy Boys mystery they're going to solve, and they do a forty five minute narrative long form where you're basically watching a play that they make up on the spot. Same characters, like, and it's only two people, so they're hopping all over the stage playing all of these different characters, um, and so. 
it's a show that that me and my comedy partner Bree Jones um, produced, uh, and of course we opened for him. Our our, our little duo is called Nice Cool Beans, um, and. Uh, yeah, okay, that wait, was wait, a blast. Wait, wait. A really cool I'm show. trying to. I'm still getting over a 45 minute long form improv mystery comedy with two people. Yeah, yeah. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. This is yeah, very intriguing to me, and I love that they call themselves the Nancy Boys. And I was a huge Nancy Drew fan when I was growing yeah. up, like the yeah, the 80s, the 80s ones not so much like the 60s and 70s ones but the 80s ones were i was reading like all of those a lot and uh i'm sitting here my imagination gets triggered pretty easily and i'm imagining these dudes for 45 minutes running around doing improv with just the two of them and having a coherent funny mystery that's incredible where are they at and when can people find them Uh, yeah Um, they're, they're, so yeah, I think their, their website's called nancyboysimprov.com. Um, but you can find them on, on Instagram too, at nancyboysimprov. And yeah, it's funny that you, I'm glad you picked up on that quick. Uh, so it's, it's, um, oh man, Frank and I forget, oh man, Nick's going to be so mad at me. Um, I can't remember the first names of the Nancy boys. I I know their real names. I can't remember their character names, but but yeah, they're they're the sons of uh, Drew Nancy, um, famous detective. So uh, they're I I just yeah, freaking just brilliant backstories here. Um, but uh, oh anyways, gosh. yeah, they do they do these forty five minute narrative long forms, and um, I, I I think it's interesting because most most people when they think of improv, they don't think of narrative improv they don't think of long form they think of whose line is it anyway short form yeah. it's probably the most accessible mm-hmm. form of improv um, most of the time when shows when local shows are put on it's some kind of short form show because um because it's it's accessible uh, as an improviser it's the first kind of improv that you learn how to do um your the the bar the the bar is kind of set kind of low because if one game flops great you have another like eight games in your lineup that can all be hilarious whereas narrative improv or long form improv um yeah it's it's you're in it right like it's the whole show is the 45 minutes you know and it's one thing um and it's a little bit it can be a little bit scarier um but when it's done well yeah, the the uh, uh, th- that was the Nancy Boys show in Boise was uh, the oh man it was it was the biggest and like most authentic standing ovation I've ever seen for Boise Improv, um, and and I had a feeling that was going to happen because I saw these guys um, at the Wasatch Improv Festival in Salt Lake uh, in 2019. And I'm like, you guys need to come to Boise. Like it, it just the Wasatch Improv Festival in general blew my mind and um, just just opened me up to to the world of improv and uh, and what's possible. Which is a weird thing to say as an improviser who's been doing it for four or five years. Um, but you know, it, it was the it was really the first time that I got a chance to see these uh, very complex you know, long form formats. And so I, w- I was not surprised in the least. I was really excited to bring them here and, uh, and we put on a great show. It was really awesome. Oh man. If they come back again, please share details. That would be super. Fun. I absolutely will. Um, it's once, 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 
once we figure out how to get live audiences um, back together safely, then yeah. it, it's it's going to be one of the first things that I do. I know. Uh, I feel like right now, because of quarantine and and because um, you know folks are kind of shut off from that from that from the live audience experience. You know, um, I feel. I feel like, like it's kind of like floodgates, you know, right now people are yearning for live comedy. They're yearning for live events. And I think that the moment we have uh, some safety there in order to put these things on it, like, um, you know, comedians are going to be back in the game. Improvisers are going to be back in the game. Um, whereas right now they're really struggling, you know, trying to do zoom shows or, or um, you know, these very like scarce audience shows i know it's it's really hurt a lot of entertainers so absolutely so how have you been able to pivot during these times what have you been doing to stay busy and to keep honing your craft and to keep moving what do you do uh well i haven't done it with improv or stand-up um i i I haven't written any stand-up in a bit um i i've i put down a few premises that i might work out at some point i'm kind of one of those i uh when it comes to stand-up i i prepare for the show um i need to have like the thing that i see uh ahead that i'm like this is the thing that i this is why right this is this is what i need to prepare for um improv uh what uh, i uh, I did some shows uh, with with uh, uh, my, my comedy partner Bree Jones. Um, nice cool beans. We did some we did some uh, some Zoom some kind of like live streamed shows. Uh, oh man, we actually did quite a few. We did a lot. So um, I'm kind of regularly honing that. Um, the other cool thing about improv is uh, it uh, you use improv a lot when you play Dungeons and Dragons. And during quarantine, um, we started a Dungeons and Dragons live stream that has actually like really picking up Stop some it. some strong. Stop co- it. Yeah, it's it's great. I love it. Uh, oh my gosh! It's it's going really well. When I talked about like earlier with the esports and all and all that stuff, like it's like my you know tiny little esports dreams are sort of coming true in the form of Dungeons and Dragons, which I did not anticipate happening. Um, but it's great because it's uh, you know for anyone who's played Dungeons and Dragons, they know it's you know well they they might know, not know like it's like improv, but it's like improv. It's it that's all it is. You're it's a, isn't it's it called LARPing or something like that? It's like, it's like a live action role play, right? Or is that different? But you can't, can you, can you improv LARPing? Oh yeah, yeah. Whether you're LARPing or you're playing D and D, it's still improv. You're still improvising. You still have to yes and. You still have to, you know. um, If anybody's seen the movie Role Models, um, you've you've seen plenty of situations where uh, you're not yes anding in the LARPing, and it kind of messes messes up the whole flow. For viewers who don't understand, you need to clarify what left anding means. I mean, uh, yes, ending. So, yeah, so <laughs> no, yes, ending. Yes, ending. Yes, Tell them what that <laughs> we're, means. We're getting back to LARPing. Um, so, Sorry. yes, ending in improv is uh, it's it's one of the biggest, most foundational core principles of of improv um, uh, and and what makes it work. It's it's the idea of somebody making an offer um, and you saying yes to that offer and then and 
uh, is is the building on top of it. You're taking it a step further, so you're actually progressing the story and and painting um, a bigger picture of of the world. Um, uh, a great so example a challenge. of yeah, I might challenge. Do an example. Do do like sweet. Do All like right. a so bit. so do a bit offhand. So, okay. Here yeah. we go live. All right. Well. Be careful. This is not going to be impressive. Uh, this is a very basic well, example. Well, I'm not but it, it's got to be impressive. I'm just saying this is an example. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, and then so, I'll watch. So, and I'm like, yay. It's like... It's like, oh, wow, I I love the new aquarium. It really lightens up this room. It's like, yeah, wait until you see the fish that's in there. This little fish right here, his name is Stuart. He is an African zebra fish, and he's poisonous, so don't touch him. It's like, oh, don't, you know, um, it's crazy that you say that because I saw an African giraffe fish the last time that I went to Petco, and I almost got him, but I felt like the neck would be too long. It'd stick out of the top. I'd need way too big of an aquarium. It's like, Oh, wait, don't even worry about that. I was on Craigslist the other day and I saw an eight foot tall aquarium that would be perfect for your giraffe fish dreams. Anyway, so let's break that down a little bit. <laughs> that was very visual in my mind. You're really well good. <laughs> it's like, it's like um, the Loch Ness monster in your living room, and so you have to get it a larger, a little bit taller of a, of a habitat. And that would require yeah, you yeah. to raise the roof a little bit on the house, which is fine because you wanted a skylight anyway. <laughs> yes, yes. Probably good. Um, so yeah, that's, that's basically yes. And you start with this tiny little detail. But see, the first person coming out, they might only have like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Uh, the aquarium. We're in a house and he's just aquarium. Sweet. Oh, nice aquarium. That's all I got. Sorry, man. That's, like, that's all I can think of as an improviser at this moment. No problem. The other person comes in. is like, oh, yeah. Okay. I have an aquarium now. They're, they're accepting the offer. They're not being like, that's not an aquarium. That's a bike rack. That's, that's not yes anding it. <laughs> like, that's a denial, and it takes all of the energy out of what's being created. Um, and you can tell so, the next person's eyebrows are going like this. Like, and they're like, really? Like, it's like, oh, great. Now I have to justify why I thought that was an It's like, oh, sorry. Um, I thought your bike rack. Um, Cool, you know, and it's just awkward. That, that that's awkward improv. People who uh, walk the office, it's if, like if the Michael other Scott improv is class, and he always has a gun. Yeah. Yes. Right? Yes. Scott's oh my gosh. That, that's like the well, that's like the penultimate denial, right, of the story. Yes. When you're improv, so much. And what's funny is is. I, I feel like all the Office fans were watching that, and they had no idea why that was funny. They just knew it was. But <laughs> anybody who's like uh, Steve Carell does so much improv. So many of the yeah. cast. Uh, he came from that office. background before he ever yes. got the Office. That's all he yes. did. All of the writers. I mean, anybody, like any SNL, any like... Uh, they, they've all taken improv classes, um, you know, the Groundlings, UCB, um, you know, Second City, you have these massive improv schools, and that's where a lot of these writers come from. And yeah, that, yes, great thing to bring up, um, because uh, that that is absolutely a denial. Um, and, and it was really, really funny whenever the teacher took his gun away. <laughs> and anyways. Um, <laughs> and, then, and this one too. And this one, and it's, like, it's like, it's like, 
<laughs> and and then the scene where where uh, he just whispered right. something to the guy. And just, yeah. Why do you have your hands up? Why do you have your hands up? He says he has a gun in his pocket. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's what denial is, you guys. So don't deny in in improv or in life. So if you were talking to a kid who in this space right now is kind of like, you know, I kind of want to go into entertainment industry. I kind of want to learn acting. I kind of want to do things like that. What would you say to a kid who wants to do that right now in times where we're social distancing? It's kind of hard. It's a little bit awkward. We're living in this space of nobody actually knows what's going to happen next. Um, you know, the, the, the squirrel tigers are going to be born and we might all lose our limbs tomorrow. Who knows what's happening next? What would you say to a kid who wants to get into this space and they've been using this time to practice in their living room and they're practicing in their bathroom and they're recording themselves on their phone and, and they're like, my time is coming up. I just know it. What would you say to that kid sure. right now? Um, how old is this kid? <laughs> I'm taking this hypothetical very seriously. Um, okay, okay. What if we say that they are 17? It's like a 17-year-old. Cool. And they're like, you know what? I kind of, I kind of like figured out that that's kind of what I kind of want to explore right now. It's my creative outlet because I'm feeling stifled because I'm home all the time and my mom makes me clean the toilets. And I mean, yeah. I got to make, I gotta make sense of all of this anyway. And I'm going to do something different with my life. And I'm not going to be... I'm not going to be the desk pencil pusher, paper pusher kind of guy. I want to do this thing. What would you say to a kid in that space right now? Just do it. There's no, the, the thing is there's, there's never really any reason not to do the thing that you love. Um, you know, obviously we all have to figure out ways to make it work financially. Um, but I, I would, I would encourage anybody to never get stuck in doing the thing that they hate uh, when it comes to, to a career, you know, um, find constantly be thinking of your way out and pursuing the thing that you actually want to do, because that's, that's what makes life worth it. Um, it's really weird to that, that we we're, we're kind of this spe species that just, we, we live and we pay bills and then we die. And that's stupid. Um, you need to find some way to actually enjoy the work that you do, um, just as as a general concept. Um, but specifically here, like during quarantine times, um, you know, you, you bring up a point about whether, you know, we don't know what's gonna happen after this, um, you know, is the world gonna fall apart? Um, and the reality is at the end of the day, it doesn't matter because that can always happen. Whether, whether it's COVID or whether it's, you know, something else, you know, World War Three starts or we have a massive um, natural disaster because of, you know, what's going on climate wise or whatever the case is. There's always stuff. There's always the existential, like, dread, destruct. Just do what you want to do, you know? Um, and as long as you're, as long as you're pursuing it, however you may be pursuing it, then you're doing a great job. Like, um, I, I would say don't have expectations. You know, you can't, you can't uh, pursue a work like this expecting to be at a certain uh, like spot in your career after X amount of time um, because that will never work out. Um, it's, I, I kind of I learned that. I, I, I won't say I necessarily learned that the hard way because, because you know, uh, but, but I, I, I 
was definitely let down many times because I had the wrong mindset. Um, because I thought that, oh man, I needed to be at this spot in my career by the time I was this age, or I just met this person at a film festival. Everything's going to happen for me. None of that matters. All the stuff that makes you successful, um, and 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 I, I don't want to necessarily like extrapolate here and say that this might be true for every um, for every like entrepreneurial type job, but it might be. But uh, what I'm going to say is. Everything that makes you a, uh, makes you successful or that gets you to the next level, you probably won't see coming. The best thing that you can do is just do your best at any given moment, regardless of whether or not you're getting paid for it. Treating like you, treating it like you are getting paid for it. Treating it like it's super, super important. Being super professional, continuously working on your thing, doing what you love, and eventually all the the little pieces all the little lego pieces will fall into place you'll have this beautiful like lego house of a career um but don't don't try to put that inside of a box and expect a certain thing to happen um, because it never works out that way now kids as you listen to this and you're building with Legos, and your mom says to put them back in the box, though, you should do that with your Lego house. Put them back in the box. <laughs> or at least put the Lego house up on a shelf out of the reach of anything that's going to break it to have them step on it. You Little know, sisters are real. Do. Why, don't, why don't more parents plant lego traps for their kids because it's always the parents that step on the legos it's never yes. the kids. <laughs> or, okay i had a friend who who told me once you know our kids were the same age when they were all little and she goes you know what may gives me the highest satisfaction when i vacuum is to hear the clink 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 of another lego going up in there that's not coming back <laughs> Oh my, oh. I get terrified I'm going to break my vacuum. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't care. She just hears that and she's like, yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but keep building those legs. I love, I actually genuinely love the how you use that as a reference because it is, it's like putting these bricks in place. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't matter how many bricks it's going to take. You might have to build a mansion by the time you want to get where you want to go, where that dream is taking you. It might be a mansion that you have to build one tiny brick at a time, but it's that commitment yeah. and that consistency that's going to get you there in the long run. It's not going to be one mansion. And you'll never moment. know. Yeah, yeah. And you'll never know. If it is a mansion, you won't know it's a mansion. If, it, if, mm -hmm. if it's a little, like, shack that you have to build to but you're not going to know that. You know, the most important thing is to just do it and to keep doing it, it just and, cool. and enjoy the process. That's, I, for me, that's, that is how I know I'm doing something I need to do because I'm not the kind of guy that enjoys the process most of the time. Um, I'm terrible at working out because I'm so, like, uh, results-minded that if I don't have abs after the first week, I'm out. I'm done. This is stupid. I don't want to do it. Um, you know, I, so yeah, I, I'm having uh, a memory. Act. I'm having a memory right now at WeCon yeah. a couple years ago, 
it was the first time I'd ever been there before. And I instigated a push-up challenge over by the you did that the V3 hair salon and the Orange Theory Fitness crowd. <laughs> and I started a competition and I believe you were a part of that. And I believe you might have been out push-upped by some ladies and oh, somebody had, yeah. their, had their feet on a chair and she was doing push-ups like this. <laughs> yeah. I remember that. That's what, when you were talking about how you hate to work out, I'm like, yeah, but you did push-ups and you were the only guy and I was pretty proud of you. That was a good job. Well, thank you. Um, several of those women were ripped. Um, I don't know yes, if you they guys... were. Yeah. Uh, so it was a good time. Actually. Yeah, but no, I, I hate yeah. Yeah, it was that was a that was a really really good time. You, uh, that was yeah, all things about. You know, that, my whole focus, my whole focus for that was to get more because I knew that that would turn into a lot of social media, and it sure did. There were a whole lot of ladies that came over, and just all of a sudden they were doing a Facebook Live or recording to stick it on their Instagram, or this is what happened while I was here today, and it would really help those businesses that were right there that I kind of wanted, I'm like, this could get eyes on you real fast. So let's, let's create an event within the event. And it was really fun. And I really yeah. think it helped those businesses. I was pretty excited about that. It was fun. Absolutely. Yeah. Was, it's well, and it's I'm one of those things again that, Oh, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't turn that down. That was, that was all sorts of neat stuff. <laughs> um, and also I was, I was just on one. I was, uh, you know, I, I love events in general, like any kind of, you know, WeCon is a wonderful event, you know, happens, happens yearly. Um, obviously, you know, I started this whole thing talking about PAX, um, the big gaming convention. I love the comic cons and the anime conventions. There's always an energy whenever you get a bunch of people in the same space that are excited about the same thing. Um, and it's hard to not, react to that kind of energy building um and mm -hmm. so yeah you could have asked me to do anything at that point like, what you want to put my feet in mud and and then dump stuff on my head all for facebook live let's do this it's go time um yeah i don't know it's uh i enjoy it takes a lot i'm glad well i have enjoyed our time together here very much today can't wait to see what projects that you have coming up next i could talk to you for another hour and a half at least because yeah. this <laughs> isn't over <laughs> at least well just until you have to pee is how long like usually Usually that's how long conversations with me go until the other person has oh, to pee, um, and then they stop abruptly. Um, <laughs> when I when my eyes turn yellow, that's when you know it's like, fine. I just, I just gotta, I just gotta do, just gotta go to the. Okay, um, we're good. Uh, like, yeah, I do. Yeah, I do have some cool things coming up, so um, I'll make sure to send send the things your way. Um, I I, like that. I said, Idaho I Potato Drop is coming up. Um, I actually have a couple films. That's one thing that's been really nice, you know, uh, since since improv and um, and stand up comedy have kind of been 
kind of been shut down a little bit, I've been able to pour a lot more of that energy towards film. And so uh, commercials have have been because uh, companies need advertising. So commercials have been filming safely. Um, I have uh, several film projects coming up. Uh, a recent film that won a bunch of awards at a local festival. We're putting together a festival edit. So we're going to circle get that out there that's going to be really fun i'm shooting a film um at the first of october that i'm that i wrote i'm acting in and directing um and so yeah and plus i recently got some uh an, uh, a manager in la so i'll send you all oh, sorts of sure. things that are going to be neat yeah i was going to say i'm like this has become the time of like the digital i'm like how are you are you pouring just a ton of digital content out there right now because everybody's in their phones and everybody's on their screens and i mean this is when they can't get out they're staying in but they still want to look out and so they're just kind of doing it through their phones and so i'm like what kind of digital content are you just pouring stuff out there and if not you should be dude i feel like i mean i'm not your mom i'm not going to tell you what to do but, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I you know um, I am so bad. It's 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 funny uh, when it comes to social media. I I have a TikTok. I don't make TikToks uh, often enough. I you know every once in a while, if I'm super like in the zone, I'll, I'll make one with me in winter. Um, that's mostly what it is. Um, I I don't I don't know. I love um, I I love making movies. Um, I I I don't have. It's weird because if I was not an actor. Uh, or a comedian. If I was not in the entertainment space, I probably wouldn't have social media at all. I'm in that really, really weird like middle ground where, when it comes to social media, I don't post everything. Like I don't. I'm not one of those people that's like, I had breakfast today. Here, here are my eggs. Um, Dude, because you don't do breakfast. <laughs> I do. I just do it at one p.m. that's true it's it's brunch or nothing um yes but no anyway. it's it, you yeah, know i i, I think i probably need to post know. more but i just i don't know I, I i i get too in my head like why would people care about this so like actually everybody cares about this they want to see you with a glass of wine you know, good friends and good vibes. That's how the world operates now. And I'm like, I, I, I don't know. I don't, again, it's not something that like, it, it uh, excites me in turn. It's, it's something that I don't always like the process. I like the outcome, you know, the, uh, so if it's not something I like the process of, I probably, it's going to take a lot more to get me to do it. Um, so I'm going to pour all of my energy into the things that I love the process of. And I love the process of acting and filmmaking and, um, and Dungeons and Dragons and Magic the Gathering. Those are my processes. Those are, those are the things. I, I think so, that's yeah. super helpful because you begin with the end in mind. <laughs> that's huge. Yeah. Like you, already, you already know. You're not wasting your time on things that don't matter to you. I think that's super brave and healthy, actually. That's fantastic. Thanks. You're welcome. All right. Well, we have got to wrap it up. This has been 
an absolute joy and a privilege. And I'm so grateful that you said yes to letting me chat with you for this long, honestly, on camera, which I know you love to do it, but it's, this was kind of my process and not yours. And I'm really glad that you stepped into it anyway and <laughs> said yes. Next time we're going to do it with costumes and a script and we'll have way more fun for you. You can have a really good time with that. <laughs> so, sounds great. Sounds great. We can, we can LARP it up and uh, yeah. I, I'm grateful. But this is all right. Thanks I, so I really appreciate you getting me on there. So this has been great. I can't. I'm thrilled. I'm so grateful that you could come and and let's do it again. Okay. Can we do it again another time? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Perfect. Totally down. All right. Thanks to all our viewers for watching today. And we will catch you again next time on the Valerie King Show.